0: This is Synthetic A Priori, Episode Six. (music) I've got two things to talk about today that share a common underpinning. That underpinning is: can we look at the some work to be done or some design to be solved? uh as a network as a network of interrelated uh problems to solve and if we if we take this kind of network view of uh, some bundle of interrelationships or some tangle of problems that are all kind of tied together can this can this do a couple things for us first of all can it enable us to Uh, judge the risk of a project that we're getting into. So can we actually look at the way that the pieces of the problem are connected to judge the properties of the risk? And then the second thing is, can we look at the way that the problems are interrelated also to sort of um, help us understand the way that we sequence the work and the way that we kind of choose to work on different pieces of the problem in a certain order and and how we get a different result depending on 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 the order that we choose to to solve problems so those are those are sort of two different things that we can get into and they both depend on this uh idea of somehow viewing the work as a network having been in my own case having been sort of an internet person since the early days of of the web uh, you develop a very um you know you develop an intuition around networks and uh i think that um anybody who's dealt with with uh actual you know networking in the in the technical sense um of course has a, has an intuition for for the more abstract idea of a network. And we're also starting to see, I think, more and more um, kind of bleeding-edge uh, work that tries to use networks in order to model different type of phenomena. So you have, um, like, Barabasi is doing network medicine now. And uh, uh, I, I was just looking at a, at a book by uh, Harry Crane, on um using a network approach to complex data problems and uh looking at sort of the statistical and probabilistic properties of networks like this this seems to be kind of a bleeding edge area but it's it's it, the thing that's funny about it is that there's this weird gap because uh we can have an intuition on the one side that you know um the relatedness of things and uh, the interdependences between things are like somehow the important thing to understand uh, as we look at different types of problems. Uh, and then as soon as we try to formalize that and say, well, okay, well, is there some sort of tool I can reach for to like model this thing as a network? Uh, in my experience has been that you <laughs> open up some kind of a textbook or, or try to watch some video lecture or go to some course about network theory or... Or anything related to that, and it's like so far out on the deep end. I took a class at uh, Nexi, uh, which I, I mentioned before, in Boston, and uh, there was a lot of really good stuff in that. Um, and at the same time, there was a there was a module on networks that was interesting, but all of this, what seems to be the main well i mean what do you call it like the mainstream among some tiny niche of people who are doing trying to model networks is uh i guess it's like a small mainstream uh has to do with 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 looking at at all kinds of different networks and then uh and then trying to judge their properties in terms of okay how how dense or sparse are the connections or Um, how many kind of hubs are there in the network and, and how, how hard is it to get from one random place in the network to another place through, through how many steps and this stuff, I mean, can be interesting, but it's quite far from, from the practical applications that we might look for in networks. And, um, I'll give you an example of, of, of a sort of a feeling of where I have a, a kind of gap here. Um. Uh, it seems that uh, things that ha- that we might want to model with a network structure. So, for example, the work that we do on a design project. There are different scales in the network. So there's a there's a um there's a kind of a large scale where if I'm designing a a, a piece of software, I have a handful of major moving parts that relate to each other and that work together to make the software do what it needs to do so like i'm i have this side project right now making a uh, an app for managing the the process of collecting uh, interview data uh from customers and then and then synthesizing and analyzing that and turning it into um a few sort of clusters of 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 uh context and outcome that people are in and uh, I, at, a, at, a, at a large scale level you can say okay there's a there's a part of the app where we have to collect data there's a part where we need to sort of split the data out into the different forces that we're that we're collecting from the interviews then there's a sort of aggregating step and then there's a clustering step and then you know we can sort of identify there's a few major moving parts and they have to go in a certain sequence and they depend on the same data in a certain way so you can you can kind of picture a network there but then if you if you go into actually doing the work of let's say implementing the clusters step of this process there is a whole kind of other network at a finer scale where it's not just about how the data from the previous step of kind of collecting interview data has been sort of prepared and munged in such a way that like now we're ready to cluster and there's some dependencies there but there's all kinds of like little dependencies you know like some piece of code that's going to actually run the clustering algorithm has to take its input from somewhere, and it has to run somewhere. And it turned out that uh, actually uh, the the it wasn't practical to to write the code that does the clustering algorithm in the same language as the rest of the app because of the libraries that were available. So then you have a kind of operations question of how does this stuff get hosted, and is it hosted on the same platform, and how does this get maintained, and there's all these like little little tangles of problems and they all kind of belong to one structure in a way in the sense that there's one piece of software there's one app for doing this process of dealing with the interview data but there's different levels of scale to it and in the same way that it doesn't make sense to try and you know describe anything in the physical world at the level of atoms you know, you 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 would quickly run out of time if you had to explain something by saying, "Okay, first there's an atom here, and then there's an atom here, and then there's another atom here, and then and then a million years go by, and you could maybe finally have some sense of the thing that you're talking about." Uh, the same thing is true with the software that we can't talk about the whole software at the level of individual implementation decisions. Uh, the far as I as far as I have learned so far. The state-of-the-art of, of network modeling doesn't really allow for multi-scale structure. Yeah, okay, you can talk about um, a property of a network as having like a, 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 a main kind of giant component or a main hub-type structure. And you could maybe differentiate what you think the hubs are of the network from sort of the more distant uh, branches. But even that is is a totally fuzzy thing, and on top of it, there's this there's this um, to really be multi-scale, you need to have this um, this kind of uh, there's this this quotation in the complex systems world where you say uh, more is different. You know, sometimes you hear more is better, more is worse, less is more. But here we say more is different, and the notion there is that. When you go up to a certain scale in a system, you're dealing with different stuff with different properties and you're trying to solve different problems and you're interested in different things. And also there's different dynamics that are happening. The large scale isn't just a blurry, far away version of the small scale. At the small scale we have individual methods in the code. We have individual functions, we have individual buttons in the UI. At the large scale we have features of the software that do distinct things. That functionality of a feature it simply doesn't exist at the small scale. You can't talk about the functionality of clustering the data from the standpoint of an individual line of code even the even the code that runs the clustering algorithm is not sufficient to to quote-unquote cluster the data from a usage standpoint because uh, it's not enough to spit out some matrix of numbers, I need to be able to interpret that and, and, and see that and then act upon it. So this has to get wired into to other components. It needs to get wired into a user interface. It has to get translated into something that I can look at and, and manipulate. So in the same way, having some kind of a hub in a network, um, that's actually just um, describing some aggregate of, uh, nodes. Um, and it's, it's not actually pointing to the fact that there is, it's different things happen at the large scale structure. So the, the, the model that I kind of have in my mind as a, as a crazy person who's willing to look at, at these sort of formal, Whatever, more or less, mathematical ways of trying to describe things as a is a total, you know, amateur person, but who has like a lot of domain knowledge and you know, uh, sitting here kind of looking at what is this, what is this thing that I'm trying to do with a design problem, and can I reach for any of these formal tools to help me characterize that problem and 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 deal with that problem? There seems to be something missing where. I can imagine a kind of network description at the implementation level of this little piece depends on this little piece depends on that little piece and if all the pieces are tied together in the right way uh, then the cluster feature will be usable. Uh, but there's a there's a kind of a different network at a higher scale that says uh, the cluster feature depends on the affinitization feature that comes before, let's say, in this case. And that's a very different level of description. And there isn't a clear kind of linking mechanism between these two levels in, uh, in the, the, the formal treatments of networks that I've seen. There's some attempts, but I, I, I couldn't make any sense out of it. It didn't seem like what I needed. There's also a dynamic here, which is if I have a large-scale network structure that isn't describing the implementation detail, but it's describing the relationships among the the higher-order functional parts, to what extent do those implementation details unfold this is tying back to alexander's view of about design process there's this sense that at the fine scale actually there are so many interdependencies the network so to speak is so dense that i can't um just blueprint it all as a as a as a master plan. But that in order to actually work out all of those little details, I have to get in the work and, and, and learn what's needed and how the pieces fit together. And this is what unfolding means. And so here you, if you start to, if, if if we are slowly making our way toward some kind of, Hypothetical, speculative network view of this whole thing that's multi-scale. We could say that I I have a sense of where I am in a large-scale connected structure. I am at this moment working on clustering, not on affinitizing, but clustering depends on affinitizing in 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 a certain way, right? So I'm up at this large in this larger-scale network, and I know where I am, but now I I have a kind of there's an opacity there. There's a, I don't know how to make this clustering thing work all the way down to, to every fine detail. So there's, there's a sense of, of, of kind of diving in and moving down to that lower scale and pulling on some strings to feel out where the connections are at this new finer scale and then learning what is the structure of this problem down here at the implementation level there's a connection here between moving from the from the larger scale to the finer scale and the constraints that are imposed by the large scale, on the small scale, and vice versa. So, this is part of what's very tricky about this uh, opacity. If at the large scale, I believe that it's possible to uh, to do this clustering implementation, and then I move down to the small scale to, to, to go about doing that, there are many, many um, degrees of freedom. There are many, many possibilities for how I could go about solving that down at that smaller level. And and we uh, encounter a, a kind of uh, open-endedness on anything that's not a trivial task. And uh, part of dealing with this is is, is uh, setting constraints on how far down the rabbit hole are we willing to go when we, when we get into this unfolding at the finer scale. Is this the kind of thing where we say, look, we believe clustering is possible and we're willing to throw an afternoon at it to see if it comes together? Or is this, let's just take the other extreme, like we... We believe clustering is possible, and uh, and we have and and none of the known algorithms do it the way that we want. And we are going to undertake a science project to, uh, you know, a research project to to invent a new clustering algorithm that outperforms everything else. Right? This is like this could be years of open-ended work, right? Versus an afternoon of of, of playing with a few libraries that are already around that do clustering. Our um, the constraints that we set are um, have to do with you know what we're looking for, how much time we're willing to spend, um, what we expect to be able to do, and how much kind of what it's worth. But then there's 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 another aspect of this, which is um, so like I I know that there's an unknown there. Um, I'm going to allow a certain amount of time, and then and then this is sort of the bounds around this unfolding process that I'm putting into place. This is going to feel very different if if we say, like, like look, let's spend an afternoon on this, or let's spend a weekend on this, and there's a lot of confidence that some version of this is possible, uh, versus uh, digging into this and saying, look, I have no idea what I'm going to find out and, and whether this is possible or not. So this, this this kind of touches on this question of risk. The tools that I have for thinking about risk come from reading Nassim Taleb's work. I gained a lot of intuition about it through years of trial and error doing projects. Uh, but the actual... Kind of terms and labels and formalisms and structures are, are, um, come from him, and one of the most fundamental things that that you bump into over and over again in his work is this notion of of um, a thin-tailed versus fat-tailed variables, and uh, the basic difference is 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 that a thin-tailed Variable. this is referring to the shape of the probability distribution is something like the height of people you know uh, people have different heights so there's variation among people's heights but that variation only goes so far you're not ever going to find one adult who is you know 100 times taller than another adult of the same species like that just doesn't happen Uh, On the other hand, if you look at a a fat-tailed variable like wealth of people, you can find people who have 100, 1,000, 10,000 and more times the wealth of another person. So the the way that the variation is spread out among this ensemble that you're looking at is, is wildly different in one situation versus the other. And when it comes to risk and making this step from the large scale down to the fine scale of implementation, is it a gamble? Which type of variation we're going to find there? Is one project a thousand times harder than another project? in general, if we look across all the different types of technical tasks or design tasks or creative problems that we could undertake, I think the answer is yes. That projects are not just a little bit different from each other, but more or less the same length. There's vast differences. The place where this kind of connects is that the, the, the probability distribution doesn't just come from the sky and uh it, it it has a cause the 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 cause of those properties of the distribution can be found in the underlying structure of the system so uh, uh the the way that um Wealth is accumulated. The dynamics of wealth accumulation have very different properties than the dynamics of a, a growing uh, of a of the you know uh, the the development of a of a of a human being. These are these are very different systems with different dynamics, um, and and if we look at them, then we can understand how it's. Possible or impossible that the variation could be so extreme? It seems that, and now here we start to make a little bit of a leap because we don't have—I I don't have the formal machinery to say this with certainty or to like somehow prove it. But um, the, uh, the 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 general. pattern that we observe with, uh, with, with fat-tailed processes is that they involve some kind of ripple effects that for example, uh, if you have a, a another like a, a fat-tailed process is, for example, a, a pandemic. The reason that a pandemic um, the reason that a, an illness, could affect a very small number of people or it could affect a a very 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 great number of people is because of the the connectedness of the means of transmission it's the it's the connectedness that enables it to reach a certain scale generally speaking if we have parts that are disconnected from each other then uh, only so much can happen versus if we have parts that are connected to each other, then there can be ripple effects and, uh, and, and, and kind of multiplicative effects and we can see kind of a runaway growth of some kind. This talking about connection, that is the language of, of networks. That's what a network is, is a system of connection. So if if we had no visibility at all into the underlying process behind some phenomenon that we were trying to estimate or measure then then we would never know really you know if it was a thin-tailed or fat-tailed because uh you know uh, if you 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 can only observe as many observations as you can manage right and, uh, but tomorrow's observation could be wildly different from every past observation. So this is not something that you can actually judge by observation unless you happen to have an unbelievably long history of observations. But if you have access to the underlying dynamics of the system that produces those observations, then you can use an understanding of cause and effect to to describe the the space of possibilities of those observations, which is the probability distribution. So if we have a, a piece of the system at the large scale that we would like to unfold at the small scale, and we can say with certainty that the components at the large scale are more or less independent of each other and independent of other things. If they are just like some bricks that we have to stack, then this this very independence, or you know more formally like you would talk about orthogonality, uh, this very property tells you that uh, you're going to have a thin-tailed distribution. Because doing one th- having a problem with one thing is not going to lead to a problem with another thing and you're not going to have this cascade. Versus if there's a dependence between the parts where I don't know what library I'm going to use for the clustering and on top of that I don't even know what language I'm going to use in order to 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 get the best library for the clustering, and then on top of that, I don't even know how to host uh, a different algorithm, a different piece of the same software that's like in a different language. the the number of of interrelated problems is really uh, is really piling up here, right? And you can see how. Uh, imagine that it, there's one scenario where I have a total straight shot through the whole thing the library I want happens to be in the language I'm already using, it works just as I expect, it plugs right into everything that's already working, and then four hours go by and I have a a, a rough first version of this standing up. Or on the other extreme, uh, the the, the algorithm doesn't exist in, in a library in the language I'm using, I have to switch over to another one, and I go through all kinds of issues to even get to a a, a a little running local test because I don't have my local environment configured to run that other language, right? And then and then and then I have the further problem of how to how to host it, and then and so on, right? Uh, and then even the most extreme extreme, which was that imagine if none of the algorithms seem to produce the right clustering results, and now I have like a I'm looking into the underlying math behind the algorithms to figure out, like, why is this not doing what I need it to do as an algorithm? This is, like, even a deeper level of of uncertainty. So depending on my understanding of the process, I can assign a different probability distribution, a, a different shape of the distribution, to the finer scale of... of the, this part of the problem. There's a patchiness here where at the large scale there's going to be a handful of different things I have to do to, to build out this project that I'm doing. And at the small scale some of those things are going to be thin-tailed and some of those things are going to be fat-tailed. And if we were just kind of uh, disinterested, well let's let's say not disinterested, but I mean if if, if we took the posture of a scientist, you know the, the, the scientist's view is there is there is a nature out there that I don't understand and i am going to sit here and 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 poke at the nature and and observe the nature and and try and, f- and 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 understand how it's working until one day i can kind of predict it but the nature is taken for granted as being external and different and kind of um uh yeah something outside separate from the scientist to be observed when we're doing design we don't take this stance because the 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 very thing that we're trying to do is kind of up to us. Like the nature is not just given; it, we don't have to solve this clustering problem in exactly the. It's it, we we get to choose kind of what we're trying to do. And so, if we have a lot of, if we if we're if we're at the large scale and we say now I want to work on clustering, and then we say okay, are we are we prepared to dive down to the small scale and what risks are, are are waiting for us there and will we come be able to come up for air again anytime soon we can not only look at the relationships and the interdependencies and the independence versus dependence uh, of the components at that smaller scale to make a judgment of how risky is this We can also take a step further and if we do indeed say, look, there are too many interdependencies here, there's too much potential for cascades, this is a fat-tailed risk, this could take us 10 times or 100 times longer than than we're willing to spend on it, we can actually reformulate the problem or we can do some very kind of isolated, uh, targeted tests to... Uh, get the answers to some of the the risky unknowns in order to better understand what we're getting ourselves into. So rather than betting on solving the entire clustering problem, we can say, look, I, I can't I don't I can't say with certainty that if we d- dive down to that level that we're actually going to figure out all of this and clustering is going to work. However, I can identify that the the choice of, algorithm and the library that I use is going to have all these ripple effects on the other things so let's just do a very short kind of contained spike to determine which algorithms are possible and which ones are 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 suitable and if any of those things are going to work for us right so then what we do is we we have we don't have the ripple effects of course we also don't have the the upside of actually getting the whole thing to work based on this sort of narrower commitment. But if we can make this narrower commitment, at least we can kind of strategically learn um, about one piece of the puzzle. And there's a big difference between targeting a handful of unknowns based on their connections and then uh, making kind of capped time investments to say, okay, what can we learn about that? before we make the investment into solving the whole tangle of things that is, um, we can kind of stage our risk. We give ourselves the option to kind of back out early. If we learn something is just not possible or something is going to take way longer than we think. And then if, if it starts to look promising, then we can invest further and keep, and keep pulling the string to see how, how it goes. Um, but if it, if it turns out to be way too complicated or it starts to spiral out of control, then we can back up and say, okay, given our most large-scale objective, uh, can we come up with a different path? Can we come up with a different um, approach at the level of this uh, sort of feature scale, not at the implementation scale, but like, you know, okay, if, if, if we simply don't see any kind of a path Let's let's take this clustering example again. Let's see that we kind of dig into it at the, at the lowest, smallest scale, and we see that there's no feasible way that we're gonna be able to get this to work on the tech platform that we have with all the things that we don't understand, and we just don't have time to, to build this out ourselves. We could then propagate that knowledge back up to the larger scale, and then at the feature level, say, Okay, what if clustering wasn't a feature of the app? But what if instead at this point, the app spat out some data that we would then import into a, a different tool owned by a different company that you had have to be purchased separately uh, that we know is, is capable of doing this? So we could export the data and say, okay, now go import this into your statistical package or whatever, Do the clustering export it in a certain format and then re-import it again here that's that's what I mean by we have the ability to not just try and observe the properties but based on what we know about the properties we can then actually change the rules of the whole game and and do something different or we can we can act in a way that actually changes the properties of the of the project. If we were able to see from all of the tangle of interdependencies at the fine grain implementation level that the risk of pursuing this clustering was fat-tailed and we did a little bit of spiking and we weren't getting clear answers, by redefining the work as we are going to Export and then import in this other tool and then export and then export and import again. Now we have a different system to implement at the fine scale with different properties. And the essential property that's different there is the is the independence of the parts. You know, having an import and an export on a tool that's already known to do the clustering properly, these are hard modular boundaries with known behaviors. It's all knowns. This is the th- what the thin-tailed world feels like. It's it's independent orthogonal pieces that have known interactions that can be foreseen. So there might be some small details in in how much longer or shorter it takes to implement, but there's but uh, if we actually if we do indeed understand you know the data format and the capabilities of the third-party software and the import export flow. This is the kind of thing that we can specify and completely plan to do in the amount of time that we that we guessed. If indeed we can look at the work to be done as this network of interdependencies and if we can distinguish between these two scales and say that there are a few different things we're trying to do at the large scale, which then unfold as different types of um, things to solve at the small scales, then we should be able to look at a whole project as a kind of patchwork or uh, a kind of um, the image that I would like to be able to work with is, is really like visualizing a network and then kind of seeing that this network has different little neighborhoods in it. And some of these neighborhoods inside of the network are very tangled. And some of the neighborhoods are have very clear boundaries. And some of the neighborhoods have kind of a fog around them or fog between them, and it's hard to see if they if they actually um, are are kind of tangled with each other or not, and so we get into a, a, a structural property that we could point out and say either this is tangled or it's not, and we have a an epistemological property. Uh, in terms of what's what what do we know and not know, where we say, where can we, where is there fog and where is there not fog in the system? And out of this, I, 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 I'm imagining and kind of hoping uh, that this that these kind of two taken together in, in, a, in a network picture, are a kind of kernel out of which we can unpack a lot of the decision-making and the dynamics and the processes and the principles that we use to do design and and product development. The notion of scopes in ShapeUp is exactly this. Uh, In ShapeUp, we talk about the overall scope of the work like as an entire project and then we talk about kind of individual scopes which are pieces of the work that we can kind of finish independent of the other pieces and these map exactly to these tangles and we if we if we want to deal with this challenge of figuring out kind of what pieces of the work to do first and which pieces of the work to pursue as designed and which pieces of the work to rethink. If we want to undertake all of that, we need both of these aspects that I just mentioned. We need the ability to, to, to identify the, 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 the local tangles and say, okay, all this stuff related to clustering we have to deal with as one kind of big chunk of work that's separate from other parts of the project. Um, but we also need to be able to identify the the opacity, the what are the things that we don't know, what are the things that we can't see? And uh, w- there seems to be a kind of alternation between these two. So, uh, unless we've, unless we have done all of this exact work in the past, and this is repetitive work, um, then we we can't see, The network structure at the outset so we start with the opacity problem we are kind of in a fog and we've got a kind of a a string of the network in our hands and we tug on that string and then we figure out sort of what else we pull up as we pull on the string right and we start to learn what we have to do and how the pieces are related after we've pulled on that string for a while we now have knowledge we didn't have before by having investigated the structure of the of, of the of the work. So now we're in a place where we've we've looked at okay if I want to implement that that connects to what okay this connects to this and this wires into that and I can try this and I can try that aha uh-huh, okay it works right so we we get this knowledge now we can see kind of is there a tangle or not is there a straight shot to the thing that I want to do. How are the parts connected? So now we're out of the fog and we're looking at some structure. And if we see a tangle, then we can name that and say this tangle I call clustering. And we can have conversations around that. We can have uh, make uh, st- strategies around how we're going to deal with that implementation work that are all local to that tangle. And that's what we call a scope and we can work on that knowing what it is and then we can have some other piece of the project that we haven't dug into yet where there's some fog over there right and what happens is as we work on different pieces of the project and we tug on the strings in different ways we we alternate between you know defining the structure that we need to deal with and sort of mapping that out like these are the different neighborhoods these are the different tangles and kind of uh, exploring to, to lift that fog to see what's there. So it would be nice to have uh, some, I think some more firm language and formalisms around uh, this sort of network view because it does seem to tie all of these different important things together and at the same time it's a speculative project i mean uh it's very early and if you look at the work that's being done by by folks who specialize in this stuff they're all saying the same things that this is very this seems like a profitable way to analyze complex systems but we don't really have the tools yet Um, but this is the fun of of kind of uh living in at the intersection of real problems and 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 formalism because the real problem kind of drives us it steers us toward which aspect of the formalism do we need to figure out Um, and it helps us to sort of select out of the things that people have worked on like what are the things that are useful versus what are the things that are going off in a different direction and hopefully through the interaction of these two we can get to somewhere interesting well if you made it this far then uh you probably belong to some kind of a quite small group i think who would find this interesting enough to 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 stay with it on a kind of meta note i'd love to get some feedback from those of you who are listening and, and as i said those of you who actually survived to the end of an episode like this when you uh make a podcast you know you you create the audio and you uploaded it to a server and then you use some service and these services they can only tell you how many people download the episode and a download is not a listen and a listen is not a, a a complete listen so actually there it's it's totally opaque like are is this thing on if 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 this thing is on and you're still listening I'd love to hear from you, just to know that you're there, and to know uh, if if this is making any sense, and if it's interesting at all. Uh, so, uh, if if you're still listening, I'd love to uh, hear from you. My 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 DMs are open on Twitter. You can just shoot me a note and say, like, just raise a hand and say, "Yes, this thing is on," <laughs> or uh, if you have any more feedback than that, um, I'd love to hear it you can also go to my website feltpresence.com and find the contact link and and then email me uh, whatever works for you i'd love to hear kind of who's out there and 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 how is this how is this relevant to you i started doing the podcast as a way to more or less vent some some steam where there were a lot of ideas kicking around that that didn't have a proper channel and i uh, as we go on week by week, that continues to be the case. Um, but at the same time, also, it's difficult to always make that trade-off every week of, okay, do I just spend the time here or spend the time there? And a little bit of input from you would help me to uh, to to feel like it's worthwhile to keep making that trade-off and setting aside the time on a Saturday to record something like this. So please reach out and let me know. As always... You can find me on Twitter at RJS. My website is feltpresence.com. And check the show notes for references to the works or people that are mentioned in the episode. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.